this hot shot. There's a bomb on a bus. Once the bus goes 50 miles an hour, the bomb is armed. If it drops below 50, it blows up. What do you do? Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the Does It Hold Up podcast, the podcast where we talk about some of your favorite movies of all time to decide if they still hold up to today's standards. I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And this week we're going over 1994's Speed. One of Keanu Reeves' first big, huge action roles, if not the first. I believe it's his first. Keanu Reeves' action role. The thing that showed the world he could do action rather than just... Drama. Surfer boy? Yeah. <laughs> drama? You think Point Break is drama? Eh. I, I can't ask you that because I don't think you've ever seen Point no, Break. No, but... It's not drama. I mean, I guess sort sensitive of... sensitive roles. Are you serious right now? There's no sensitive roles in Point Break. He is an FBI agent. I'm, I'm just going off of robbers. what Roger Ebert was telling me. <laughs> Maybe we should cover Point Break. That's a good movie. Yeah. It's bad, but it's so good. Maybe we'll do like a double feature. We'll watch the original and the really shitty remake from like 2017. (laughs) June 10th, 1994, Speed hits theaters and just blows people away. So it makes $121.2 million domestically on only a $30 million budget. That's just the domestic take. Four times its budget. Dang. I First of all, I don't know where the $30 million went. I guess stunts are really (laughs) expensive. Yeah. And having 12 buses, because they had 12 different buses that they used throughout the whole movie, I guess that gets expensive. They also spent $80,000 to buy an airplane. An airplane? Yeah, so they could blow it up at the end. Oh, okay, yeah. They bought an old airplane, fixed it up a little, made it look kind of newer, and yeah. then blew it up. Spent eighty grand Internationally, it took in another $162 million for a worldwide total of $283.2 million. In 1994, it was the seventh highest grossing movie. Wow. Do you know what number one was that year? No. It's a Disney movie. Animated. Lion King? Yep. That movie made so much money. <laughs> Holy crap. Disney was set for like a decade off the money that movie made. Especially because that movie was like their B movie. Yeah. That story always cracks me up. To Pocahontas? Pocahontas was their A movie. Not a good movie. You shut your mouth. And then Lion King was the B movie. Like if you weren't doing what you were supposed to on Pocahontas, you got demoted to go work on Lion King. i mean same thing happened with shrek so yeah but shrek's awful yeah but it made a whole bunch of money yeah but lion king's good and it's better than pocahontas (laughs) and made a whole bunch of money uh adjusted for inflation it's 312.9 million dollars switching it up here we're going to 2023 for the rankings because we've had plenty of movies this year where we can see about where it would land and it would be sixth So it actually moved up one spot adjusted for inflation. It's behind Oppenheimer, but above The Little Mermaid. (laughs) So it lost to one Disney movie, beat another Disney movie. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Little Mermaid's awful. Yeah. Some things should not be made to live action. No. Especially when you have to animate more than half the movie. Right, like what's the point then? Mm -hmm. You're just doing a different animated movie, like Lion King. Mm -hmm. You just animated it again. That is not live action. Yeah. There's nothing live in that movie. I gotta tell you, though, I would 100% watch a live-action Lion King if they trained lions to actually do this stuff. <laughs> I, all in. Sign me up. I will get. I will see it eight times the opening weekend. Hey, if you can train the lions in Ghost in the Darkness, you can do yeah. it. 
Yeah, but they got to train lions to hang out with a bunch of animals that they would normally eat. So yeah. that's a it's, little. It'll harder. be a long project because you have to have them all together when they're little babies and then <laughs> let them grow up. Oh, you're just gonna use the same lion? Yeah. Okay, I f- just use different lions. Yeah, do use a, a boyhood cub. thing. <laughs> Film it over twelve years. Yeah, then Perfect. they'll be friends. Perfect. Yeah, I was shocked. I don't remember Speed making this much money. I remember it was big. People talked about it a lot. But I don't remember it making that much money. You don't remember any of it. No, I was one years old. Yeah, you were <laughs> you were baby baby. Um, I was eight when this movie was out. So I was, I was just a wee little movie lover. I was just getting into movies. What was that accent? I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> apparently Speed makes me Irish. <laughs> It's so weird. <laughs> we don't we don't ask questions. Sometimes I just slip in. You ever do that? Just slip into an accent for no reason whatsoever? Yes. Yeah. I do it all the time. Especially when I'm singing. Like when I'm just making up songs. Mm. Like walking in a grocery store talking about what I'm pulling off a shelf. And I'll randomly just switch into like an English accent in the middle of it. I don't get it. It's weird. Keanu Reeves does things to me. <laughs> <laughs> he does things to us all. This movie was directed by Jean de Bont think that's how you say his name okay he's only got five movies he's only directed five movies in his career before this he was a cinematographer Mm. who worked on movies like die hard Hmm. this was his directorial debut not bad for a debut it would explain a lot why it's much more visual than it is anything else he has this as his debut in 1996 two years later he hits us with twister which is just a phenomenal movie. But then everything goes tits up. Like, it's just bad at this point. Cruise con- to Speed 2 Cruise Control in 1997. But why, though? Yeah, we all asked that question. The Haunting in 1999. God-awful. Finally, his last directed movie. Lara Croft Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. <laughs> like, is that the sequel or the... That's the, the sequel. Was there a third one? No. Oh. <laughs> no, there's two. That's the sequel. Like, how do you start with Speed and Twister and then just completely direct crap afterwards? Yeah, I didn't have the right scripts come across. He probably had plenty and he was like, these are going to be bangers. No, no, sir. They are not. <laughs> they are bad. Like, you couldn't even direct the first Lara Croft, like the semi-good one. No. Weird. Nah. Bad. Thought, oh, this is a pre-made thing. I can just jump on. It'll restart my career. Nah. Or he just wanted to work with Angelina Jolie. There you go. He was like, this is the one chance I'm going to get. Let's go. (laughs) Even even if it's like her worst movie ever, just go for it. Graham Yost wrote this movie. He wrote a ton of movies. But what's funny is he didn't write this movie. So he's the credited writer. But in interviews and everywhere, everybody who worked on this movie says... Joss Whedon basically rewrote the script. Graham Yost wrote the original script. They kept all of his action in, but Whedon came in and did all of the dialogue without credit. Mm. Isn't that weird? I hate how Hollywood works like that. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what the dialogue would have been under the other person, because there's some things that land really well in this movie and some things that land horribly. Well, it's funny because Whedon is an okay writer. Terrible human being. Okay writer. He just has the Whedon thing when he writes. Very similar. Everything he writes is very similar. 
I kind of am glad that I didn't know Josh Whedon had anything to do with the script. Therefore, I could enjoy it. But now that you said that, I'm like, oh, yeah. This is just full of Joss Whedonisms. Yes, it is. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. How yeah. do you not credit a writer hmm? for writing 50% of a script? Because they have rules. It's always like, oh, this movie can only have one credited writer. But why? Credit everybody who wrote on it. Yeah. You'll get a few scripts that have like 30 writers then. Don't care. I wrote a line. You could just do like writer and then have like a secondary title for all the other people. Like touch up writer. Yeah. You know, so that way they still get credited for it, but they're not known as the writer of the movie. Yeah, have boundaries because you don't want just some guy who's like, hey, yo, you need a comma. See, I wrote it. But it's like with producers, you have like executive producers, producers, assistant producers. You have like all this stuff. Do it with writers, directors, co-directors, but you just have writers. Just one writer. That's all you get. <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. Hit me with the uh, Roger Ebert. Well, the Raj gave it four stars. <sighs> Roger, 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 Roger. Okay. <laughs> Got that out of my system. Something tells me you are displeased with uh, this number. <laughs> what gave that away? <laughs> the quote I grabbed from him uh, was... Films like Speed belong to a genre I call bruised forearm movies because you're always grabbing the arm of the person sitting next to you. Done wrong, they seem like tired replays of old chase cliches. Done well, they're fun. Done as well as Speed, they generate a kind of manic exhilaration. Makes perfect sense. What One of my first notes is this movie's tense as... Yeah. It is nonstop tension in this movie. And every time it slows down just enough for characters to grow and or connect, you get hit with another action scene. So this is a thing that is going to come up a bit because in any other movie, we would have said this wall-to-wall action was a negative. That it didn't give you time to breathe. It didn't slow down enough for you to like catch your breath and like move forward. He says a lot of things like, This is a dumb action movie. And normally that's a negative, but for some reason, this movie, it's not. Dumb action movies are never a negative if they're done well. Yeah, but apparently most aren't. That is very true. Most are not. Predator, dumb action movie. Fantastic. That's the only example I can currently think of. Apparently speed. (laughs) Speed, yeah. Well, I didn't want to say the movie we're talking about. Okay. uh, Yeah, okay. Uh, The Rotten Tomato Critics score has it in a 95%. And the audience has it at a 76%. Okay, so if you guys couldn't hear it, I rolled my eyes really hard when she said 95% critic score. It feels better knowing the actual number, though. Yeah, what are those? Uh, Critics gave it an 8 out of 10. and The audience gave it a 7.6. Okay. Yeah, that does make it a lot better. Yeah. That makes it a lot better. Because I can agree with that, I guess. It's a B-movie. Yeah, it's a B-movie. Yeah. But that means it's a positive movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. The first thing about this movie that I have to point out, (laughs) I timed it. The opening credits is three minutes and 27 seconds long. I did too. (laughs) Why in the blue hell do you need a three and a half minute opening credit sequence? So the note I gave it was long, all in caps, and boring opening because it's just the elevator shaft. It's just a camera. And I realize it's probably the only time you get to breathe in the movie. 
No. Every pretty much every other time is there some type of action, some type of danger. Uh, when they're at the bar drinking after the first case, after the after the elevator thing, you can definitely breathe there. They're just mm. drinking at a bar. Mm. Breathable. What's cool about that though is they built a replica, a miniature of the elevator area on its side. And then just, just dollied the camera <laughs> along it, which I think is really cool. Instead of building it erect straight up and having to like drop a camera down, they just got smart. And we're like, that's so much harder than just building it sideways and dollying a camera along the side of it. Yeah. Just <laughs> having your camera on its side. Yeah. That's brilliant. So they did, good. They did a lot of brilliant things. They did. I just didn't need three and a half minutes of it. Yeah. No, that was way too much. I got really bored during it. <laughs> it's hard, though, because you're going to have a three and a half minute opening, but then you're also going to have like seven minutes of credits at the end. I always hate how they double dip credits. You want to know who does that? Hmm. Agents. They're like, you need to see us at the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie. So, <laughs> side tangent, I hate credits sometimes, opening credits, because the idea of like, here's the stars of the movie, Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, Jeff Daniels, and... Dennis Hopper. That didn't happen in this movie, but just as an example. But yeah, they do the the with, the and. I get it. You're a big star or whatever, but get over yourself. It's not and you. You're just in the movie. Have you ever had that with an actor that you worked with? So many times that it comes back. The contract we send out will come back. And one of the first notes on it is needs to have an and or a with or featuring before their name in the opening credits. I hate it. I think the whole industry just needs to get rid of it because I don't care. You're just part of the movie. You are not above the movie. You are in the movie. Now it just makes you look like a pretentious jerk. Yeah, every time I see it, I just... Ugh. So the opening of this movie sees a bunch of people get on an elevator that has a bomb on it. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, I'm going to blow everybody up unless you pay me a bunch of money. So the cops show up, and they got to handle all of it. What do you think of this? It was a very interesting opening action sequence, basically. It gave us everything we really needed to know about all of the characters involved. Because he didn't make it so that they were going to blow up, per se. They were going. He was going to blow up the thing to make it fall, so yeah. that they would fall to their deaths. So it really showed a finesse to him, our villain, being clever. And it showed the risk-taking and smarts of our two protagonists. Yeah, they're willing to, like, push it. Like, yeah. they'll, they'll figure it out even if they have to, like, do some weird shit. But they also knew that he'd blow it anyway. There's no guarantee that this guy wouldn't. Oh, yeah. Psychopaths. Just, yeah. They go and they get a crane and they attach it to the top of the elevator, which is just genius. So that way, even if he blows the cables, doesn't matter. Elevator's not going anywhere. Problem well, is, elevator's way heavier than the crane can handle, yeah. so it's probably going to drop regardless. But it'll drop way slower. Correct. One of my favorite parts about this whole scene is right at the beginning when the cops show up and the captain is like, you know, we got a thing going on, elevator, bomb, all that, and you guys got any options? Anything else that'll keep this elevator from falling? Uh, the basement. And it's just like, that line tells me everything I need to know about his character. He's able to be sassy or give those kind of responses because we get it again when they're attaching the crane to the elevator because his partner gives him a hypothetical scenario you got the bad guy who's got a hostage what do you do and Keanu Reeves character is just like 
shoot the hostage. Take him out of the equation. Mm -hmm. It literally just shows you the type of person he is. I will do what I have to to succeed. And he thinks very literal about things. Yeah. What else can stop it? The basement. Can we get some better answer here? (laughs) We don't want the basement to stop it, but you're right. The basement will stop it. Yeah. It's just a great line. But also to know that this person figured out that you guys were trying to do something. So he must be close. Yeah. They make smart decisions in this movie. For the most part. For the ridiculous stuff that happens, they make pretty smart decisions for what they can do. All right. Let's talk about the three people that we've met in the movie in this first four people we've met in the movie in this first opening. So Jack Travin, our main protagonist, played by Keanu Reeves, is a cop Mm -hmm. who, like we said, just gets the job done. He's a very do what it takes kind of guy. Jump right into the action. But he also thinks things through. Keanu Reeves is obviously a huge star. Everybody basically knows who he is. But before this movie, he had been in things like Bill and Ted, Excellent Adventure, and Bogus Journey. Point Break, Brom Stoker's Dracula. Hmm. When you say like, oh, he's done more serious. He did Bill and Ted. There was no seriousness in Bill and Ted <laughs> at all. But those were the things that like he was known for before this. Bill and Ted was an action. Didn't really have anything. Point Break had like some shootout scenes, but nothing crazy. And then Bram Stoker's Dracula is like weird horror drama stuff. Yeah. The studio was very hesitant to cast him because they didn't know if he could do action per se. Little did they know. Yeah, little did they know he'd become one of the biggest action stars in the history of movies. And it all started here. Because they gave him a chance. They also had a problem with Keanu Reeves beyond Keanu Reeves. So after they agreed to hire him, he cut all his hair. Coming from Point Break and stuff like that, he had, like, a longer cut. Mm-hmm. And John DeMont was like, cut it off. You're a cop. Yeah. Do, a, do a cop haircut. And so he did. The studio hated it. They were like, his hair. He's known for his hair. His hair's in everything. It's, you gotta get the long hair. They hated it. And they almost <laughs> shut down production and waited till his hair grew back before they started filming. That would have been terrible. I don't know, man. It would have been kind of funny. I like Keanu with his hair, but, yeah, he's a cop. A very almost straight, narrow, to the point cop. All right, so his partner is played by Jeff Daniels. That's Harry Temple. Mm-hmm. Jeff Daniels played Harry in this movie. In 1994, he had another movie come out called Dumb and Dumber, in which he also played Harry. Not this Harry, different Harry. I mean, he kind of does look like a Harry, though. Isn't that weird, though? Yeah. How do you do two movies in the same year where your character is Harry? What do you want to bet he like chose the name in one of them? I was like, guys, I just don't, I don't want to have to deal with answering to another name. So <laughs> well, I think this came out before Dumb and Dumbers, but they would have filmed it like the same time. Yeah. Weird. Just so weird. So weird. <laughs> uh, before that, though, he was in arachnophobia in terms of endearment. Very, very odd uh, things to come into. Yeah, he's a little all over the place. He's one of my favorite actors who's like not a big name. Because he's really good every time I see him, but he's never hit those heights of a Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm the star of a movie. He's always second, I but he always plays a good re- second. Yeah, I always recognize him, but I can never remember his name. He's a that guy, which is sad. He's like one of the most famous that guys. Until you tell me his name, and then I'm like, yes! Yeah, yeah. crazy. The bad guy, the Mad Bomber, mm-hmm. is played by Dennis Hopper. The man Bobber's name is Howard Payne. Unfortunately, Dennis Hopper passed away in 2010. Mm, yeah. So we'll never, don't get him anymore. Uh, he's a two-time Oscar nominee, once for Easy Rider in the 60s. 
and once for Hoosiers in the 80s. He was also in True Grit and one of my guiltiest of pleasure movies, Super Mario Brothers from the early 90s. (laughs) (laughs) With Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo as the Mario Brothers. And he played Koopa, King Koopa. And he's so good in it. He's so creepy. It's just a bad movie. But if it's on TV, I can tell you, I'm going to sit down and watch it. I don't think that movie will ever be on TV. You shut your mouth. The movie's <laughs> great. It's great. So underrated. So, okay, those are the big players. I guess one more. Joe Morton, who plays Captain McMahon. I was going to say there's a whole other player. Who's the, No, not, we didn't meet them yet, though. I'm only oh, talking about the people we've I'm met sorry. so far. Uh, Joe Morton, who plays Captain McMahon. You may know him from Terminator 1 and 2. I would as, not. Okay. <laughs> he, he's the guy who basically creates Skynet. Oh, uh, he was also in Of Mice and Men. Yeah, he had a he's had a healthy career as well. But yeah, so they have to stop this bomb from going off in an elevator. Is it exciting? Do we like this sequence? I do. I thought it was really tense to begin with. I was just like, oh my gosh, yes. But this is also around the time when we start getting those Josh Swedenisms. Mm, yes. A line that I grabbed from it was... Jesus. Bob, what button did you push? We see the people in the elevator and, you know, one guy comes on late and re-pushes the button. They make a joke about it. And when it all kind of like falls and stops, that's what that guy says. And it's like, are you joking at a time like this? Well, he doesn't know that it's broken like that, that it's got a bomb and stuff. He just figured it, elevators get stuck sometimes, you know? Yeah, but it fell. Like, I just don't understand how these people don't understand more of the gravity of their situation because... It fell quite a few stories before stopping. This is like this is like an action comedy kind of. Yeah, I'm I don't just, know if it's meant to be. Everyone is that kind of quippy, though. I mean, it's a great line. I guarantee you, I would have said the same thing in the elevator to whoever <laughs> pushed the button last. To kind of like calm people down, yeah, like, absolutely, oh, diffuse the tension. But I'm one of those people who, at a funeral, will make jokes, will laugh, will tell fun stories, will. Because when you're in stressful situations or that kind of stuff, you need that lighthearted person to crack a joke or do whatever. So I don't think it bothers me for that reason. I probably really really would have laughed at that because in stressful situations, I'm a laugher. Yeah. I laugh when I get stressed. So (laughs) I'm surprised more people in the elevator weren't laughing at that line. Yeah. Because I feel like it's a really good line that people should have laughed at. But yes, it's definitely a Whedonism right there. Mm -hmm. That's something he came in and did. I like the elevator sequence. The one thing that pisses me off the most about it is the very end. When they're getting everybody off, they figured it out. They've hooked the crane up. They've opened up one of the doors. They're getting everybody off. And they're going really fucking slow about it. Like, one at a time, you have to grab each cop's arm, Jeff Daniels and Keanu Reeves' hands, and they have to escort you out. Just move the f*** out of the way and let them jump out. It is a six-inch fall. Yeah. Just let them get out. Especially after it, like readjusted a few times and the opening is pretty wide to it just get out yeah it's so stupid and then we get the stupid lady who won't move yeah i can't move i'm terrified i don't know why she's weirdly southern because she wasn't but she is in my head (laughs) and he's like just grab my hand it'll pull you out oh my god gotta be the hero but i do know people that freeze under pressure so yeah but okay no first of all don't do that don't freeze under pressure. No, keep a clear head and do what you have to do. 
But also, how come nobody else in the elevator just, like, grabbed her and threw her? Yeah. That's what I would have done. The one guy's even yelling at her, like, lady, let's go. And she's like, I can't move. And he's like, whatever, I'm out. I would have just grabbed her arm, like, bruising her and, like, She is like a 50-year-old lady. Walk over, pick her up, and hand her to Keanu Reeves. Here you go. Yeah. They needed that tension of, like, is she gonna make it out in time? And then the the elevator falls and just nearly clips her ankles. And somehow she loses a shoe. Because she has both her shoes getting off the elevator and then suddenly she doesn't have a shoe. Well, that's how close she was to getting caught in the elevator. That it just disintegrated? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it caught the heel. She's wearing heels. It caught the heel and pulled it off her foot. But we see her, like, both feet come off and they have shoes. You shut your mouth. (laughs) You shut your mouth right now. She makes a whole deal of it. (laughs) I lost my shoe. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good, it's a good sequence. I like that they don't wait. So after this, after they've solved everything, they realize... Dude's got to be in the building somewhere. Which makes no sense, but yes. Why not? Well, I get for the time, maybe, to to make it easier on him. But why trap yourself in the building? Well, first of all, he's not trapped. He definitely has multiple exits. Mm. Number one. Number two, that's the guy he is. He wants to be there. I mean, think about it. Every time something's happening, other than the bus, but even with the bus, he's got a camera on the bus so he can monitor what's happening. He wants to be there. He's yeah. there when the bus blows up that Keanu Reeves gets off of. He's there during this opening sequence. He's on top of the entire bus situation. He's there at the end on the subway. He wants to participate. He's a uh, he's junkie. Yeah. He's adrenaline, adrenaline junkie. junkie. He just likes being there. So it makes perfect sense. But I love that they figured out. They're like, he's got to be here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Where could he be? We've cleared everything. Yeah. But maybe there's a service elevator. Correct. Because no one thinks about the service elevators. So they go and they find him. And it's just really, I love that they don't hide the bad guy. It's not mm-hmm. a cat and mouse game of like, oh, we just almost got him. They literally have him. They see him. They know who he is. They know what he looks like. They interact with him. He captures Jeff Daniels, Harry. I love when he pulls him up by the nose oh, in the yeah. elevator. That was weird. Dude, that's, that hurts so bad though. Yeah. Should we do it? No. Should I pull you up by your nose? But also didn't look like he was actually doing it. He was doing like the wrestling version of where they like well, just kind of cup your finger. he's not going to actually pull him up by the nose. They're know. actors. I know, but. Did you want him to rip his fake. nose off? Did you actually want him to get shot? I mean, realism. Come on. <laughs> they're doing so many practical effects here. But I do. I love the fact that they just find him. And they yeah. just interact with the bad guy 12 minutes into the movie. 15 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. Most movies are like. We know who the bad guy is, but they don't. Yeah, it's normally a, a question of who is this guy? What does he look like? Yeah, exactly. He could be anyone. Yeah. This one, they're like, no, we know what he looks like, but we have no idea who he is. And mm-hmm. that's what we got to figure out. He gets Harry because Harry's injured. He falls into the into the elevator with him. And he's like, got a bunch of bombs strapped to him, dragging Harry out. Earlier, when they're on top of the elevator, Harry asked that question, that pop quiz hot shot. If you got a bad guy who's got a hostage, what do you do? And Jack's like, shoot the hostage so that they're more of a liability. The bad guy will let him go and run away and you can go get the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Dennis Hopper's got Harry. He's dragging him out. And Harry's like, shoot me, shoot me. Keanu Reeves is like, I won't do it. won't do it yet. And Dennis Hopper loved that he pulls out the line because he was listening to him on a radio. Mm-hmm. I love that he pulls out the line. Pop quiz, hot shot. The way he delivers this line. He does it a few times in the movie and it's great every time. So good. 
what a dumb 90s line. But it works <laughs> so damn well here. Yeah. Keanu Reeves just shoots him. Just shoots Harry right in the leg. Mm-hmm. And it works. It works. Dennis Hopper's Harry Payne drops it. But not Harry Payne. Uh, Howard. Howard Payne. Yeah. Drops Harry to the ground and still gets away. So the scenario well, didn't work entirely. He blows up. Yes. Which makes no sense either. Yeah. Because wouldn't you need body parts? Why Why would you assume that he is dead if you don't find anything? Because they actually answer that with a line of dialogue right before he blows up. Hmm. When he does his pop quiz hot shot, he talks about the amount of explosive he has would vaporize a body and there would be nothing left. Mm, so you think he said that line just in case? Probably. Or it's just clever writing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> one way or the other, they do explain it. Okay. I must have missed that one line. It's literally just one line, I think, in the middle of his pop quiz hot shot. Sorry. <laughs> he's talking about it. He's like, if I blow up, there's enough here to vaporize us both. You won't even find pieces. Great. Mm. Just interesting. And there we go. We're off and rolling. We have our two protagonists. Two of our protagonists. We're going to get one later. And we have our bad guy. Yeah. Great opening. Very. Puts us right in the world. Yep. Very tense. And you've set up a credible threat and a credible hero. So for saving all those people, Harry and Jack are going to get medals. Mm -hmm. And I love that Harry is just so pissed. He's like, you're going to get a medal for shooting me, you little prick. (laughs) (laughs) And just keep giving him crap. And it's like, I love Jack's response too. But you told me to. Yeah. Because Harry does. He's like, shoot me. Shoot me so you can get him. He's like, I also saved all the people, but you know, (laughs) without my thought, they would have died. And this is, it's just so funny. So funny. (laughs) But you can tell time has passed because he's up and walking. He's on a crutch when they're at the bar. Yeah, he's got a cane. That's what I mean. A cane. But But he is up and moving. It's been some time because he's also back at work. But when Jack is, Harry's at work and Jack is on his way to work, he takes a bus. For some reason. I don't know if he was he on, on the, the bus. No. His friend knew. gets on the his bus. His friend gets on the bus. And he gets a phone call. And it's Howard Payne. Well, it explodes. And then he gets a phone call. Sure. He gets a <laughs> phone call. It's Howard Payne. And he's like, you thought I was dead. <laughs> I'm back, bitch. He doesn't really say that. Yeah. Would have been great, though. A little bit. So we know Howard Payne's alive. He just blew up a bus. Jack's pissed. And Howard's like, oh, by the way, that's not the only bus. Mm-hmm. There's another bus in this town, in this city, that has a bomb on it. Can you find it? Can you save it? I need $3 million. If it gets over 50, it needs to stay over 50 or it will explode. Yeah. What a great setup. Mm-hmm. What a great setup. Though so this simple. too makes very little sense. Yeah, why? They're in LA. You think they're getting up to 50? <laughs> they're in LA in 1994. Okay. Or 93 or, you know. I don't know. Even Roger was a little surprised by this. <laughs> sure, I'm a little surprised, but... It's also one of the reasons that I think they do it smartly, too, that they're on the highway when they get up to 50, finally. Mm -hmm. And from there, even when they meet traffic, they just plow through it. Yeah. So there is traffic. It's not like they shy away and every street is closed and there's no cars anywhere. And there's no, there's cars, there's traffic. They just don't care, (laughs) which makes perfect sense. And I think they only take over 50 because Keanu is chasing them. Yeah. And he's like, I got to get away from this crazy dude. Yeah. So yeah, it's a stupid premise, but it's also brilliant at the same time. Mm -hmm. But he does. He gets this phone call. He has to go find the bus. He tells him it's 2525. That's the bus number. Go find it. 
it's on this road going yeah. this direction. Do you get the significance of the bus he chose? 25, 25? It's 50. Oh. 25 plus 25 is 50. So the bus is 50 and it can't go under 50. I didn't. My favorite thing about the bus is the sign on the back. <laughs> the advertisement, it's for a bank and it just says money isn't everything. And then in parentheses says, yeah, right. And it's, <laughs> first of all. That dude's motivation. Great marketing. And second of all, exactly. Great indication of this Howard Payne's entire motivation. But that's also an advertisement I could totally see a bank using. Yeah. So like it works on both levels. Freaking love it. This is where we meet our third protagonist, Annie, played by Sandra Bullock. And if you don't know who Sandra Bullock is... You've been I, living under a rock. Correct. But before this, she was in Love Potion Number 9 and Demolition Man. So she wasn't really a household name yet. Demolition Man was an okay movie, like an okay-sized movie. People watched it. It wasn't a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. She was okay in it. She was in a completely different movie than everybody else, which was <laughs> weird in that movie. But she was fine. Yeah. This was her first, like, big break where it was like, she can showcase she can be a star. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. And then she takes this, turns it into a massive career where she gets nominated for an Oscar for Gravity and wins an Oscar for The Blind Side. How did you go from Annie and Speed to Oscars? <laughs> <laughs> makes no sense. Especially because her character makes a little sense to me because every once in a while she comes out with like a New York accent mm. and it's like, we're in LA. <laughs> her character makes little sense to me because I just don't like her character. She's a bit everything. <sighs> yeah. She's too perfect. Yeah. There's no depth to this character. Like you had your license revoked for speeding and now you have to just continue speed. to speed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little too simplistic of a character. And I think the only reason it works is because it's Sandra Bullock. I think she can make that work. So Sadie B gets on the bus, the 2525 bus. We meet Sam, the bus driver. We meet Helen, the sweet old lady. And some other people, like uh, Stevens, played by Alan Ruck. Just mm -hmm. great role for him. Didn't know we were doing two Alan Ruck movies this close together. Yeah, I didn't. I forgot he was in this until I saw him. And I was like, oh, I love him. He's so good. Love having him just in this small part. He makes the part work. Yeah. But they're going about their normal day. Keanu Reeves is trying to run them down in his Jeep. And he's like, stop. Well, first he is running alongside the bus. Telling them to stop. Well, because he got stuck by traffic. Mm -hmm. The one bit of traffic. <laughs> so he's running alongside. I love when he pounds on the door and just breaks the glass. Mm -hmm. Because that wasn't supposed to happen. He actually just broke the glass hitting it. <laughs> because if you look in the next shot, there there's no damage to the glass. Literally the next shot when they show from outside the bus in, mm -hmm. no damage to the glass. But we'll see the broken glass later in the movie. Yeah, if you pay attention to the bus enough, the scenes back and forth just jump with... Broken glass, not broken glass. Broken glass, not broken glass. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. But he does. He chases down the bus and he's like, you got to stop. And Sam, the bus driver, is like, creepy dude. Just going to keep driving away from him. So he gets in his Jeep, chases him down. Then, oh no, he, no, he, he is already in the Jeep. But he then gets, he has to stop a guy who's yeah. got a, he's trying to stop a bunch of traffic, I should, I should say. Yes. Nobody will stop, but he does stop one guy who drives a really nice Jag. Mm -hmm. And he's like, get out of the car. And the guy's like. It's not, it's my car. It's not stolen. I paid for it. And Keanu Reeves pulls his gun out and points at him. And he's just like, it is now. Yeah. Move over. What a moment. Mm -hmm. It's a great, one of those great 90s action moments we don't get anymore in movies. That makes no sense, but it plays so well. 
And this character going forward stole the show for me. Well, the moments he's in, yeah. Yeah. Well, also, it's just, what a what a commentary on racism in LA mm-hmm. in the 90s, because the driver's black. Yeah. So his first reaction to a cop telling him to get out of the car is just like, it's mine. It's not stolen. Just subtle little dig at racism there. And it works mm-hmm. on literally every freaking level. I had to write down who this guy is because he does steal the next couple of scenes he's in. As Keanu Reeves is trying to chase down this bus to get them to stop before going over 50, he's driving alongside of him and he's trying to scream like, There's a bomb on your bus! And I love when the black guy gets up, who's just in the credits, I believe is Jag owner, mm-hmm. just gets up and he's trying to scream to the bus driver too. There's a- what? So funny. Uh, this guy is played by Glenn Plummer, who was also in like Menace to Society, South Central, Funny Farm. He's got like 160 acting credits. Wow. Dude just pops up here and there all the time. Amazing. He was also in like one of my favorite movies that nobody's ever seen, Pool Hall Junkies. Mm, yeah. He just shows up. And every time he does, I'm like, nice. He steals the show in Day After Tomorrow, too. Oh, yeah, he's in that. You love that. It's the homeless man. He is. Yeah. One of my favorite characters from that entire movie. So good. And then he steals these scenes. Every scene he's in. I love when Keanu Reeves is like, are you insured? He's like, yeah, I'm insured. Why? And then he rips the door off and he's like, oh, shit. It's just funny. And then he screams, oh, shit, like five times as he crashes the car. So good. But it's also super realistic. So you can't fault him for his reaction or... He's not even, like, hamming it up. This is just what people would react like. 100%. If they were suddenly thrust into that situation. 100%. Jack, Keanu Reeves, gets on the bus. He chases down the bus in this Jag, jumps onto the bus, and this is one of the dumbest scenes in the entire movie right here. Him jumping onto the bus? No, I don't care about him jumping onto the bus. That's fine. Right after he gets on the bus, though. And he's like, I'm a cop. There's the problem with the bus. And one dude jumps up and pulls a gun. Mm-hmm. And Keanu Reeves pulls his gun and they have like a little standoff. He's like, I don't care what you did. I'm sure you're sorry for it. I'm not here about you. Just give me the gun. What is this scene? Just, just tell people there's a bomb. But then but, they panic. But I don't care about telling them. Did we need this? It's, did we need this extra whatever? It's to get the driver injured so, so that Sandy or, B can be the hero. So originally the script called for the Sam, Sam the bus driver to have a heart attack. And Mm. that's why he can't drive the bus and needs to get off the bus. Better or worse? Probably better. Okay. We didn't really need that extra bit, but I guess that's another commentary that they were trying to make. Was it though? It didn't work well. Yeah. It's just stupid. Like this dude, it's a cop who literally just, did you kill 7,000 people? Like, what are you so nervous about that Mm. you think this cop went through all that dangerous stuff to get you? Yeah. How egotistical. What crime did you... We don't find out what crime he committed either. No. What crime did you commit that you think this cop was going to destroy a Jaguar, risk his life to get on the bus to get you? Yeah. Instead of just following until... You get off. You get off. Yeah. I hate this scene. Mm. Makes no sense. It's a piece of tension that we didn't need. Yeah. Just get on the bus. It's going to be tense enough that it's there's a bomb on the bus. Yes. Just get on the bus. Whisper to Sam... Don't go below 50. There's a bomb on the bus. If you go below 50, it'll explode. Yeah. And then turn around to everybody. Do your whole spiel of like, everybody remain calm. There's a situation. We're handling it. And then Sam could start panicking, hyperventilate, heart attack. Sandy B has to take over. Yeah. It works. Problem is though, I don't think 
him having the heart attack would have been able to get him off the bus. Why? He probably would have been down for the count. Nah. I mean, yes, but they absolutely, they had like six dudes on this bus. They 100% could have gotten him off this bus. Yeah. They could have found a way. So that's it. Now we're on the bus. The next hour of the movie is them on trying a to bus. Fi- them trying to figure out how to outsmart this guy and so this guy the bus. is calling Jack and is like, hey, you're on the bus. Good job. Nobody gets off the bus or I blow it. Mm-hmm. If it goes below 50, I blow it. And he's got like every contingency plan. He's prepared for it, except for this guy getting shot. So he allows the cops to come get this guy, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like, you can get them off. Helen, the old woman, also thinks she can get off. So they get Sam, the bus driver, off. Yeah. And then as the cops are still there, she steps onto the steps, ready to jump into the cop's arms to escape. The cops are reaching for her like, come on, lady. Did you guys not get briefed? Yeah, I was going to say, they should probably know that... The other cops know. Yeah, the the main cop guy, chief or whatever, one calling the shots, he knows. Mm -hmm. He's been told. How do they not know? Yeah, they caused that woman's death. Well, she caused her death. That too. She she was told, don't get off the bus. And she still said she had to try. Yeah. So she gets on the steps. And because this is now a national news story, there's helicopters everywhere. There's journalists. There's cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. So he's watching the news and he sees Howard Payne, sees her get on the steps and he just blows one of the bombs and just wrecks this woman. And she, she falls dead. through the floor and gets run over by the bus. Yeah. I mean, first she gets blown up, then falls through the floor, then gets run over by the bus, dead. She, she, she gone. Do we like this? Because I feel like it sets stakes. Yeah. Because this is a woman we kind of know. It wasn't some rando in the back of the bus who like pushed his way through and tried to get off. We've been focusing on this one for a bit. Yeah. She's friends with Sandy B's character. She's got a story. We kind of know her. Set stakes. Mm Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Problem I have though, in general... When they get Sam off the bus and then Helen gets blown up, the cops are still next to the bus. Mm-hmm. At this point, we know that bomb has been detonated. How come nobody's trying to rush to the front to jump off? Mm. The cops are right there. If they ran to the front of the bus and very quickly jumped off, they would be saved. The one person, yeah. One Everyone else would die. Well, one or two. Depends on how fast they could go. Yeah. But the problem isn't, oh, it's only one or two. Yeah. One or two selfish people, which is 100% what would happen in real life. Potentially. They also could be shocked, like a little shell shocked. Maybe. It's just weird. Yeah. That no one else tries to get off except for this old woman who takes like 12 hours to try to get off. My issue with this is they get Sam off the bus, but then that car that has Sam on it still keeps driving with the bus. They don't, they never stop to get him medical attention. They do. After they can't make the jump. Because they get all the way to the jump spot. Well, as close to the jump spot as they're going to get. Mm, not really. Yeah. Nah. I'm going to have to watch it again. Yeah. I didn't, I don't think they're with the whole time. Because I don't think Captain uh, McMahon is with them the whole time. Mm. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> so they have to... It's really tense when they're on the bus, though. Because sometimes there's traffic and they have to plow through cars on the shoulder. They have to try to take turns going 50 miles an hour. Which, how did this bus not tip? At least one time they explained why they didn't tip. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they all got to the one side. The opposite side of which one, so it would be heavier. Don't feel like that would work Eh. entirely. Got some really heavy passengers. They're American. Alan Ruck is huge. Yeah. He's not. No. It's a joke. 
bad joke. Mm-hmm. But this is where the movie just blows my mind. Because it's just people on a bus. Mm-hmm. Driving. And it's still tense. It's still tense as hell. Yeah. Because Keanu Reeves has to figure out where the bomb is. So he opens up the panel to lead underneath the bus. He finds a decoy bomb. Then he talks to the uh, bomber again, who's like, you can get off for like a second to talk to your men and get me my money. We also kind of figure out that it's a cop doing this, a retired cop, because of a line said earlier in the movie. They find a gold watch on the bomb. And Keanu made the joke earlier, what do I get for all this, for doing all this? He Harry said, makes the joke. No, Keanu asks, what do I get oh, for all yeah. this? And Harry makes a joke. Oh, come on, 30 more years of this, you get a tiny pension on a cheap gold watch. And they found a cheap gold watch attached to the decoy bomb. Mm-hmm. And so they figure it out. And Harry's like, we've got it. We know who he is. He's got a hurt thumb, a busted ear, and he was a former cop. We've gone through the databases. We found who was injured, who retired, who this, that, whatever. He's taking pension out of LA, even yeah. though he wasn't from LA. So we know who he is. Yeah. We're going to go to his house and get him. Just kidding. Yeah. So Harry and a SWAT team go to Payne's house. As soon as they walk in, they're walking around. Harry looks at the wall. Detonator just stares at it. Solidly. And blammo. House blows up. Kills like eight dudes. How did he not consider that the house would be rigged? I mean, I'm sure he did. But yeah. usually when you're looking for a rigged house, when you see in all these other movies... You're looking for where it could be rigged outside, trip wires, things like that. Yeah. But they were in the house and they weren't like in the house just kind of walking around lollygagging. They were still looking. Mm -hmm. It's just by the time they found it. It was too late. Too late. Yeah. Because the guy had cameras in the house and as soon as they saw it, he just flipped the switch. There was no countdown timer. There was no nothing. He saw it. Blammo. Dead. Yeah. Jack's pissed now. You killed my friend Harry. I'm going to get you. I'm going to rip your fucking spine out. Is that what he says? Yeah. Oh. When he's on the phone, when he when he gets a phone call and he thinks it's Harry telling him they got Payne. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Harry, tell me you got him. And Payne's like, sorry, Harry's dead. And Jack flips. Oh, this is after we've done the massive jump and that we've gotten to the airport. I don't care about the jump. It's the dumbest part of this movie. Yeah. There's no ramp, so I'm not sure how they got so much air. <laughs> it makes, it's impossible. It makes no sense, but it still kind of works. Because well, you're cause like, it's a 90s action movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I hate it. Yeah. I hate it watching now. But they make the smart decision to go to the airport because that's restricted airspace. The uh, news reporters can't go there. Not only is it restricted airspace, but they can just circle the terminal. There's they can never shut traffic. It down. There's no stops. There's no. And it's wide enough you can make those turns Correct. at 50. Yeah. yeah. If airplanes can make those turns, you can make those turns. <laughs> so it's a brilliant decision to go to the airport. And while they're there, Jack gets off the bus because he's going to try to go under the bus to disarm the bomb. Mm -hmm. Doesn't work. No. He almost dies. He almost dies when the cable messes up and he almost gets sucked under the wheels of the bus. Yeah. But he ends up like stabbing the fuel tank. Like of all the things. Well, he, did, he, he didn't panicking. mean to. He didn't mean to. But his luck for all the things to hit and catch was the gas so he comes back out, and I love how the captain is like, any luck with the bomb? And Jack's response is, yeah, it didn't blow up. <laughs> love it. Great. There's some great lines in this movie, even if they're one-liners and, and corny as hell. Yeah. They're so good. But he does. He figures out he can't disarm the bomb, so they have to figure something else out. He gets back on the bus. There's no helicopters anymore. 
There's no news feeds. And yet, somehow, Howard Payne still knows what's going on on the bus. Mm -hmm. So Jack figures out there's a camera on the bus. And this is another smart decision. He tells the police captain there's a camera on the bus with no audio. So he has no idea what we're saying, but he can see us. So the captain goes to some of the news vans that are around. and He's like, there's a UHF signal on that bus. Can you find it? And they find it. And he's like, record it. Mm -hmm. And Jack tells everybody on the bus, just make small movements, act natural, nothing big. We're recording this and we're going to get off this bus. Mm -hmm. Freaking brilliant. So So they record it and then they loop that feed through that camera. So he's seeing what they've recorded, which makes it look like they're all still on the bus. Yeah. While they're slowly getting every single person off the bus. So smart. But of course... Because they tried to do the little stunt of, oh no, this is them getting onto the airport. Uh, they popped one of their tires. Correct. So now it's coming Out undone. Yeah. So they get everybody off except for two people. <gasps> I wonder who those are. Annie and Jack. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Who've been flirting this entire time. And I got to say, the chemistry between Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock is palpable. So my problem here is that I love their chemistry when they're not talking. Them trying to like talk and have those delivered the lines they were given was just so cringe. Well, that's because they're trying to out one line each other. Yeah. The parts where they're just talking, fine. Yeah. It's when they're trying to be quippy that I don't think it works. And yet at the same time, I'm like, they're about to get down and dirty. They are. <laughs> they have so much chemistry I just, I felt more of the chemistry when they just were not talking. Which is fine. Which it is doesn't matter better. you have chemistry. <laughs> as long as you have chemistry. Yeah. There's so many movies that do stuff like this where the two main actors don't have chemistry. And it's awful. Like anytime Tom Cruise has to be with be a, a woman. love interest. Yeah. yeah. Which is why he never really is anymore. Yeah. All the new Mission Impossible, he never really has a love interest. Or at least they might like him, but he's indifferent. Yeah. So. But yeah, so they get everybody off. But the bus is going out of control. And they can't get Jack and Annie off. But Jack's smart, so he figures it out. He's going to take the floor panel, panel, tie a rope to it, and then just ease themselves onto it and escape from under the bus. Super dangerous. Yeah. They're lucky it works. Very lucky, because that wheel could have changed slightly and just... Dead. Right Ran over. Right over. Yeah. Okay, cool. Movie's over. Just kidding. It's not. Yeah, I always thought this was the end of the movie. Everybody remembers this movie as the bus movie, Mm -hmm. but the bus is on screen for only 50% of this movie. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. But they do, they escape. They're getting all cleaned up, blah, blah, blah. But because we know Howard Payne is a former cop, he puts on his uniform, shows up to the area, and kidnaps Annie. Mm -hmm. And puts her on a subway. Wearing a bomb. And calls Jack, and he's like, I still want my money. Or no, he gets his money. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get away with his money. Correct, because he has Annie. So Jack's like, just take the money. Yeah. He's trying to get away. Jack has to follow him onto the subway. Do we need this? This whole subway? The bus was enough, right? Should we have not just gone and found Howard Payne and just ended it? Did we need this subway danger? You had to have just that little bit of extra action. Because they're on a the subway. He pulls a Mission Impossible two years before Mission Impossible does it. Where Keanu Reeves is crawling along the top of the train, holding on to it. How? Reasons? Yeah, error? 
yeah. suction to him. Yeah, if that's what you could say. I don't know. I don't know. But instead of okay, another nit. Howard Payne has a, a semi-automatic rifle, mm-hmm. and he's just pulling bullets through the roof of the train. Never once hits Jack. Mm-hmm. God, I hate when movies do this. If you're yeah. if you're splaying forty bullets into a small enclosed area, the person you're shooting at's not dodging them. No. Not rolling around yeah. on the top. Like, he should have just rolled off, too. We're five years away from him being Neo. He ain't dodging bullets yet, okay? <laughs> I, it's so dumb. So dumb. But then Howard's like, oh, well, if I can't shoot you, I'll climb up there and fight you. Okay, we were making really smart decisions in this movie up until this point. Well, he's rageful now. I don't care. So he goes up, they have a little scuffle, and Howard's head gets clean taken off mm-hmm. by one of the lights in the tunnel that they're in. Crazy. Yeah, but Keanu's now taller. So he gets down in, and he's like, I'm gonna save Annie. But Annie's been handcuffed to one of the poles. And? And Jack Jack doesn't have a key. So he goes to stop the train. Can't stop the train. And the track isn't finished. Mm -hmm. Just like the highway wasn't finished. The track isn't finished. So do you think this movie is a hot commentary on L.A. construction? This movie's a hot commentary on a lot of things. Yeah. So they just have to run the train off the track up into the streets of L.A. Because that's not dangerous. For safety. And Annie's like, just leave, Jack. Just leave. It's fine. And Jack's like, I'm with you. And he, like, hugs her. With all of that jumbling around and her attached to a pole, she doesn't have an arm. That, that shit got clean ripped off, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And now the movie is over. Them just making out and everyone. Watching look- and taking yep. pictures. The ending shot, really cool. Because the train coming up out of the ground and running into things, awesome looking. Mm-hmm. And it was like practical because the train was a bus that they painted to look like a train so that they could actually move it in ways and so cool. Turns out they just had one more bus they wanted to destroy. This whole movie is full of great practical effects. It's probably the best thing. Every time they run into a car, get into an accident, run into cones, all this stuff, it's all practical and it's awesome. More movies need to do that, honestly. I agree. Because it adds that level of tension. It's realism. It's, oh my gosh, real people are really getting hurt here. I I need that. I don't want things to just be CGI because it always ends up looking rubbery. No matter what you do, it will age badly. Correct. All right, I got some more fun facts. Okay. So a Fox producer in an interview said that he knew this movie was going to be a hit when during test screenings, audience members walked out backwards from the theater Whenever they had to go take a piss. Because they didn't want to miss a single moment of the movie. I can attest to that because I wanted to get up and get like something to nibble on. And I just couldn't find a good time to do it. Yeah, because this movie is just tension. It just goes. It's just action all the way. Uh, Reeves breaking the bus glass was an accident. So I know from experience shutting down a street to film is a terrible experience. Mm-hmm. It is hard as hell to work with cities to get stuff shut down to be able to use, especially highways and especially in big cities. Luckily for them, the I-105 in LA was complete. Construction was done, but it wasn't yet open to the public. So the city <laughs> was just like, go film. You won't have to deal with traffic. You won't have to just go film. It's fine. Amazing. I, how lucky. Yeah. Probably so, the only way this movie got made. Yeah. Um, and then the f- craziest thing, the original script had Harry Temple as the Mad Bomber. 
he was going to be revealed to be the Mad Bomber. Jeff Daniels character. Interesting. But then Jeff Daniels got hired and they were like, oh. No. No. Nobody's going to buy Jeff Daniels is a Mad Bomber. So they reworked the script and added in Howard Payne and mm. gave him the exact motivations. If you were wondering why he was a cop, because it was Harry who was pissed about the pension and the gold watch he was going to get when he retired and wanted more funds. Huh. So they just took that exact story and just created a new character. And I think it worked really well. Yeah. Also with Alan Ruck, his character of Stevens was originally going to be a really annoying lawyer that met an untimely fate that the audience would cheer at because we didn't like him. Yeah. But they hired Alan Ruck and they were like, okay, just we, Joss, we can't Whedon, do that. Joss Whedon came in and we're like, was like, we like Alan Ruck. So we're going to rework him into like a, a tourist, just an innocent tourist who got on the wrong bus. Mm-hmm. And then he actually was like helpful and stuff because it's Alan Ruck and you want him to be. Yeah. And if you don't know who Alan Ruck is, he plays Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We just talked about him, what, two episodes ago? Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Let's go into Nits. Okay. I needed more Dennis Hopper. Mm. I don't think we got enough Howard Payne. Okay. I could see it. There's no way they stayed above 50 the entire time. Yeah. They're literally plowing through, like, the sides of cars. Like, they're scraping up against the side of a line of cars hitting signs, hitting traffic cones, hitting, taking a turn at the same time. Yeah. Absolutely not staying above 50. They also probably would have run out of gas, even without puncturing the thing. Yeah, it depends. If you filled it up that day. Mm. Someone should have died in the elevator. This isn't so much a nit as in just, I think the movie would have been better. Mm. If one of the people would have died, if they would have tried to like that woman who didn't want to get off the elevator... If yeah. she then decided to get off, and as she was reaching for Keanu Reeves, the elevator started dropping, and he couldn't save her, and she died, I think puts the movie on a whole nother plane right from the get-go of, like, people will die in this. I could see that, but it also changed a lot of the motivation and bravado of Jack's character. Fine. So, it, it, I just don't know how much that would ripple. It would a lot ripple in a good way. Okay. Jack not being able to save that person would give all the reason as to why he's more pissed when his bus blows up with mm. his friend on it and why he's desperate to get on this bus and save these people. It's fair. It's just that extra layer of motivation for him. I yeah. think it just makes the movie slightly better. And I hate that his entire thing is just money. Howard just wants money. Yeah. It's a good motivation I just think it could have been better just adding another something on top of it. The cherry on top. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Going up 32 flights of stairs, you're gonna be winded. <laughs> you're gonna be a little sweaty. You're gonna need a breath. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it got me. I was just like, are you kidding me? I go up like three flights of stairs. I'm like, <gasps> what? Yeah, but we're not cops. Even what I was training... Like, we did 11 stories, and I was just like, oh my god, no. <laughs> I've gone up 14 flights of stairs when I was in good shape, and I'm like, no, no. I'm Around four or five, I'm like, no, I'm going to walk this. And they're carrying gear. They're, they're not human. My other thing, you didn't look into the bin as you were putting the cash in to know that there was a giant hole in the floor. Well, they have to make it nonchalant. But why, though? Because they're trying to watch that can. So he opened the can and like examined it and then dropped the money in. Payne would be like, okay, this is a trap. I'm out. You wouldn't have heard it like not hit ground. Yeah, that I can't <laughs> explain. That it's I just can't. like that 
a giant hole underneath this bin. Maybe the and, hole like, wasn't there. And he just made it. Maybe, well, not just made it. Maybe he made the hole, but then like put it back. Mm. When he heard the money drop, he then opened it, took the money, and ran. Maybe. Fixed it. Okay. Mm. Questions. Oh, I don't have any. I'm I'm confused on when he was using a dead man switch and when he was not using a dead man switch. That was that was the other. That's, that's that was the, the only movie, question I had. It doesn't open up to a lot of questions because it's very straightforward. It's either very straightforward or you just have to be like physics does not exist. Correct. <laughs> like all, most of my questions would be how did that bus make that jump? How did the bus make that turn? How did the bus stay above fifty? Uh, suspension of disbelief. That's how. Yeah. All right. The only other questions I have are. What piece of memorabilia do you want from this movie? Uh, I did not consider this, so you go first. Well, oh. I think. Um, I want the gold watch. Ooh. The de- the the one that's on the decoy bomb. Yeah. I want that watch. I want the little scooter thing he uses to go underneath the bus. The thing that almost kills him. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I just ride around in it. Would you want to see a mini series of speed? No. Why not? Unless you're doing a whole action sequence for each episode i think it would just be too drawn out then do you think this movie needs a remake no okay i just i'm not sure that they would do it as well okay what if we changed it what if we did like an all-black cast or changed the roles the the chick is now the cop it could be done i don't really want to see it done all right that's it did you want it if you say no it's a no what what's next you want it (laughs) what's next uh, they have a whirlwind, whirlwind relationship and uh, break up because they, they need the adrenaline. They all die. From what? Howard Payne comes back. His son comes back. Oh, okay. For I was revenge. like, he, he got decapitated. I don't think he's coming back a, from that. That was a dummy. Yeah, that he just switched yeah. out randomly. <laughs> yeah. He just threw a dummy on top of the train, put a, put a walkie talkie in it. That's what that it was. That was what he was wrestling yeah. with? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I know you have a new section you want to talk about before awards. Yeah. So go ahead. Quotes that made me, made me laugh out loud. I cannot wait. When they're looking underneath the bus to try and figure out what the bomb is and Jack has Stevens Stevens answer, like repeating what he says. And Jack goes, fuck me. Oh, darn. Mm, yes. The police... A chief or whoever say to about the airport yeah let's hope it's built let's move <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the only thing in this movie that is built <laughs> yeah when they first get back to the airport stevens goes we're at the airport yeah so i already seen the airport because <laughs> he's a tourist but he so says it so despondently that i'm like oh yes those were the main ones okay great Let's get into awards. Yeah. First up is the psycho shower scene for your favorite scene in the movie. Mine is chasing the bus and jumping onto it. Ooh, okay. It's just so tense. The The idea of trying to figure out how to tell these people that there's a bomb on the bus and then just the decision to get on the bus. It's also tense of him jumping to get on the bus and almost missing. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But there's something better. It's one one moment and one moment only. Yeah. It's not even like a full scene. It's just mm-hmm. a moment. My favorite part is when the bus crashes into the plane and explodes. And then the guy who is driving the tow, who is towing the plane, yeah. just gets out and runs away. <laughs> it is like 
the funniest moment that's not supposed to be funny, but I giggle every time with this dude reacting to the fact that this bus just blew up the plane he was towing. He just gets out and like runs away. I don't know how he would have survived the explosion. It wasn't that big of an explosion. It was a big explosion. It wasn't that big of an explosion. Next is the Life uh, Finds a Way Award. No, I'm I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. For your favorite line in the movie, I'm going to go first on this one. Mm-hmm. It's when Howard Payne has Harry at the beginning of the movie, and he's trying to get away with him, and he talks about how he's going to kill him, and Harry just dreams, fuck you, and Payne's reaction is my favorite line. Oh, in 200 years, we've come from my regret, but I have one life to give for my country to fuck you. It's a good line. I don't know why. It gets me every time. For me, I, I picked a Harry quote when they're at the bar and he's talking to Jack. He says, Guts will get you so far and then they'll get you killed. For me, it was kind of the lesson that Jack needed to learn and that he does learn because he does think things through a lot in this movie. Uh, And so I really appreciate that line. Next award is the Prestige Award. Every magic trick has a third act. The part we call the Prestige. For the biggest WTF moment, come on, there's only one answer here. It's when the dude pulls the gun on Keanu Reeves on the bus, and they have that whole moment, which makes no (laughs) f***ing sense whatsoever. It doesn't need to be in the movie. You could have gotten Sam off the bus and Sandy be driving in 17 different freaking ways. Stupid. I chose them being able to find the bus and catch up to the bus in that kind of traffic. He's a cop. Mm-hmm, not in a cop told, car. But he's told exactly where the bus is. Yeah, but you still have to be able to catch it. That's fair. In <laughs> LA, it's notorious for taking half an hour to go like two blocks. I mean, that's an over-exaggeration, but still. Barely an over-exaggeration. <laughs> a new award that we have is the Jimmy Dugan Award. Boy, that was some good pin. For a piss break moment. In the movie, a moment, a scene where you can just walk away, take a piss, get a snack, whatever, and not miss anything. Mine's pretty simple. Mm. It's at the bar having drinks. That's I know an early it's, piss. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's an early piss, but I know it's like your your life award comes from that scene, but oh my god, it's just so slow. Mm-hmm. And so, who gives a sh- Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm going to take a piss 20 minutes into the movie, but... Hey. I'm going to make it count because I'm not going to be able to piss for the next hour and a half. Yeah. I either would go with this movie doesn't have one <laughs> or maybe right after the bus, right after they get off the bus. Okay. That little like interlude before. When they're get... laying on the ground with each other? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it feels like the problem is it feels like that's the end of the movie. So if mm-hmm. you go take a piss, you might not rush back and then more stuff happens. That's fair. Or... It's a good moment, though. You don't realize that that's the end of the movie, and then it feels like there wasn't two endings to the movie. Ooh, yeah, okay. I like it. It's a good moment for a piss. Yeah. You went late, I went early. There you go. Because the entire middle of the movie, you ain't leaving. No. Next is the Han Shot First Award. Yeah, Oscar. Yes, I bet you have. For what held up the worst since the movie came out. Go ahead. For me, it's Keanu and Sandra trying to flirt. Get the f*** out of here. We're done. You can't. I'm not even going to. No. <laughs> Mine. No. You don't get to say more. It's just the no. line delivery there. Or the lines themselves. Something about it just does not work for me. You don't get to say more. <laughs> Be quiet over there. <laughs> My Han Award goes to the fact that the bus does not explode. Mm. And trying to make audiences believe that it never went under 50. Okay. 
does not work for me and can ruin some of the movie. Definitely looks like it's not going 50. Oh, yeah. It's going like 30. Yeah. Most of the movie. Yeah. And our last award is the Paul Rudd Award. I'm Paul Rudd, and I adapt. For what held up the best since this movie came out. You... I'm going to piss you off real quick. <gasps> is it not the correct answer? It is Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock's chemistry. Uh, that was your You are award. wrong. You are so wrong. <laughs> so wrong. But tell me, please, why you are wrong. Uh, first of all, I am never wrong. And secondly, it's the only thing that I think makes the bus stuff work. And gives you even the slightest reprieve from just figuring out how to get the bomb. Is I love the little moments between them. And I love that they don't like flirt in the traditional sense. I love that they flirt in the sense of panic and trying to stay calm. But both of them are two seconds away from having a heart attack from everything (laughs) that's happening. I think it just adds this cool layer to both characters. And I love that they are very open and honest with each other. That relationships starting on intense situations like this don't last yeah their chemistry just works they actually dated in real life secretly for like a year after this movie came out Mm. it's just it works okay maybe maybe it was just just you it's just you something about it didn't work but the correct answer for the paul rudd award is the practical effects come on without those this movie does nothing it, Are you it, sure? I think so. I think without practical effects, it's not as thrilling. It's not as tense. There's not as much stakes to it. Okay. I mean, you're right. <laughs> the special or the practical effects are amazing in this movie and they really elevate the movie, but they are somewhat few and far between for me. Yeah. And I just sometimes don't believe the practical effects when the bus is doing 20 and it's supposed to be doing 50. <laughs> cool. No, I'm. I'm good with that. Your awards are great, except for your Han Award. <laughs> Just no. Just, Just no on your Paul Award. There you go. We disagree. <laughs> <laughs> that we do. All right, final decision time. Does speed hold up? Yes. Uh, same. Yes. Uh, practical effects, acting, tension, story. It's all there. Yeah. If it were made today, you'd have to just update some of the technology and rework it just a bit because of the technology get rid of some of the weedonisms in the script too yeah you're good but it would be made today and it would still be awesome and people would still go see it absolutely and you could probably just put keanu reeves back in it uh yeah so and sandra bullock yeah oh my god let's remake speed with the characters there we go so in speed 2 they're they're broken up because keanu reeves didn't want to but have to come back together but now they're back together because they're on a bus again yes oh my god i would watch the shit out of that (laughs) I would 100% watch that. It's definitely the kid of Howard. Oh, yeah. Coming back for revenge. Yeah. Oh. All right. Done. I'm going to write it. <laughs> I'm not, but no. I should. All right. Cool. Thanks for joining us for this episode all about 1994's Speed. Come find us on our social medias by clicking the link in the description of this episode. Let us know what you thought about Speed and this episode in general. Or give us some movies that you'd like to see us cover. Until next time, be good to yourself, but more important, be kind to others, and keep watching movies. Bye!